It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. We got two different opens for the two different Fantasy Feasts. I'm Ross Tucker. He's Joe Dolan. We are presented today by Keeps.com. Look, no secret, I tell you guys on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, been losing my hair for a while, but if you've noticed, it has been holding strong ever since I've been using the two medications that I get from Keeps. One is a topical, I rub on the top of my head in the bald spot in the morning and at night. The other one's a pill. I already been taking these because that's what a doctor prescribed, but now you can go ahead and just do it directly from a doctor online, which is so helpful. Plus, you get your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash feast. Keeps.com slash feast to receive your first month of treatment for free. K-E-E-P-S dot com. All right, Joe, I'm going to do things a little bit differently this week. Brian retweeted on Tuesday that we are giving away another NFL Game Pass code this week. I'm not going to announce it here on the Fantasy Feast. I'm going to give you guys a couple of days to find the tweet that Brian sent out at RTF Podcast. I retweeted it at Ross Tucker NFL, and I'm going to pick somebody that retweeted that or quote tweeted it later on in the week. Last year, last week, somebody was like, oh, I can't believe you did that. Well, that's the guy who I chose then. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you waited. That's who I chose. Game Pass is legit awesome. You can go back and watch the full replay, the condensed copy, the all 22 of every game. Anything you want to watch, you see my tweets at Ross Tucker NFL, you see that I retweet and tweet some NFL Game Pass stuff. It's awesome. Go back and watch how Wentz did against the Redskins on third down. How about watching just Deshaun Watson again or why Baker Mayfield was so bad? You can do it all for free this week. There's a free seven-day free trial. I'm telling you, if you are a diehard What a great place to watch all your fantasy guys and decide who you need to have in your lineup or not. It's NFL.com slash Fantasy Feast Eaton. Again, NFL.com slash Fantasy Feast Eaton. E-A-T-I-N. All right, Joe. Chiefs and the Raiders. No Tyreek Hill for the Chiefs. Talk to me. Well, uh, I think the guy you're expecting to pick up the slack, uh, in addition to Sammy Watkins, Ross, who should be firmly on your wide receiver one radar this week and should be firmly on the radar of your DFS lineups because of the Gary and Conley injury as well, it's Mecole Hardman. And Mecole Hardman, if you remember, Ross, early in the offseason, when it looked like Tyreek Hill might never be back with the Chiefs, Hardman was actually being drafted in like the fifth, sixth round in best ball leagues because he was viewed as this speed guy who the Chiefs were essentially 
picking, hand-picking as Tyree Kill's replacement. And he has that speed. Um, the, the thing that was a little disappointing about week one is he did play the snaps after Tyree Kill went out, played 78% of the snaps, but he saw just one target and he didn't do anything with it. So uh, I think he's an interesting buy opportunity now uh, is Cole Hardman. And certainly somebody who I think you could take a blind shot on in DFS. Uh, and look, I know that, well, the guy's done nothing in his career and you can say that. But Marquise Brown, not only had he done nothing in his career prior to week one, he hadn't even played in the preseason. So uh, somebody with Hardman speed can come out and succeed in this kind of role. I actually expect him to be rather popular in DFS in week number two, and for good reason. Uh, So Miko Hardman, Ross, in addition to Sammy Watkins, who's going to be chalk beyond chalk, I think Miko Hardman... You're going to see his name in a lot of DFS lineups because putting him in there is going to enable you to spend up at other positions. What about on uh, the other side with the Raiders? I got to tell you, Joe, Derek Carr looked good. Waller looked advertised. Tyrell Williams looked good. The O-line looked good. Well, I mean, it was crazy. Ross, the Raiders in in week number one, and and I'm – Knocking on wood, uh, no pun intended, I know that's what John Gruden does, but I'm going to do it anyway because the Raiders were one of my favorite kind of fantasy teams in week one, Ross. They were well-defined. They There wasn't some of this Saints BS where they're throwing Taysom Hill out there. There wasn't you know the Eagles rotating five running backs in or the Patriots rotating five running backs in. Tyrell Williams, 95% of the snaps, seven targets, had 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Darren Waller at tight end, 100% of the snaps. He played every single snap. He saw eight targets. He is a guy, as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, you have got to pick him up if he's out there at the tight end position. I don't care if you have a good one. You want to load up at this spot because it's a great trade target and somebody that you can put in your flex. Waller and TJ Hawkinson of the Lions, those are the two guys I'm targeting there. Josh Jacobs, 74% of the snaps. He had 24 opportunities. If you haven't heard, he uh, Ross made some sort of mini history. He is the first running back since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2001 to score two rushing touchdowns and have over 100 yards from scrimmage in his NFL debut. He is as advertised. And the good news is all three of these guys are pass catchers. All three of these guys are going to be utilized when the Raiders are projected to be playing from behind. They're projected to be playing from behind as seven and a half point underdogs at home to the Kansas City Chiefs this week. All three of those guys, Jacobs, Williams, and Waller, are DFS candidates this week in a game with the over underlined at 52. That's the second highest projected total of the week. This is one of my favorite DFS stacks. While the Chiefs, I think they're going to be popular as well. Don't discount the Raiders because all of these guys could potentially get some serious volume in the black hole here in this game. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty fired up about how the Raiders looked. I know it's only week one, but I mean they looked just motivated fun. too. Yeah, it was just I, I didn't know. You know what? I think I'm rooting for them because everything Antonio Brown did. You know what I mean? Like they, I, I oh, find yeah, them I sympathetic figures. And like, look, I, I said, I said this at, at the bar I was at, like, you know, I still watch football like casually, Ross, of so Monday nights, Sunday I'm working. Monday nights are a great time to unwind and actually watch football. And I really love the first Monday night with the doubleheader a year. And I was sitting at the bar last night with my buddies and I'm like, man, I know this would never happen, but stranger things have happened. 
the Raiders beating the Patriots in the playoffs would be like an all-time great story. Uh, it just looks impossible right now. But hey, last night, you never know. Derek Carr looked like he was in full command of that offense. He really did. Saints and the Rams, usually a fantasy palooza. Yep. What do we got? Let's start with the Saints. Uh, you mentioned Taysom Hill. That really annoys me, although the guy did catch a touchdown pass. That I can understand. When they put him at quarterback, I, it, it's like bizarre to me. Alvin Kamara is a stud. I thought Cook would get a little more run, a um, little more touches, and Michael Thomas was Michael Thomas. Yeah, well, uh, the, the Saints, uh, aside from the Taysom Hill BS, are generally a pretty well-defined fantasy team as well. It's just the Hill BS really bothers me. Uh, like like you said, Ross, when they take the ball out of Drew Brees' hands, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it, I, I just really hate that stuff. He And he's, as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast as well, a fantasy disruptor, what, what Scott Pianowski calls him. He's somebody you cannot play, and whenever he's out there, he's taking the ball out of the hands of one of your good players. He's taking the ball out of the hands of Breeze. He's taking the ball out of the hands of Kamara. He's taking the ball out of the hands of Michael Thomas or Jared Cook. And that's one of the things that really annoys us here. Uh, so for the Saints, Ross, I think the first thing that needs to be mentioned here now it's LA. This total in this game is the projected over under of 54. It's the highest projected line of the entire week. So everybody expects points to be scored in this game. But it's also, I think, inflated because of the reputations of these two teams. We have, in this game, a serious quarterback dichotomy. Drew Brees, last season, on the road, averaged about 220 pass yards per game. He averaged about 320 pass yards per game at home. Jared Goff, last year, 342 yards per game at home, 243 per game on the road. So we have two quarterbacks here who last year averaged 100 yards passing more per game at home than on the road. What did Drew Brees do last week? He threw for over 300 yards at home. What did Jared Goff do? He looked miserable on the road at Carolina. I would anticipate a little bit of a switch here. I think this is a great spot for Jared Goff, and I would downgrade Drew Brees on my personal depth chart because on the road, he has not been nearly as good as at home in the recent past. On the other side, the Rams, Gurley. I feel like this is going to be a weekly conversation. Was not a lot of love for Daryl Henderson. It was a lot of Malcolm Brown. What do you make of it? I have no idea what to do with Daryl Henderson right now, Ross, because – I, I made what I thought was a logical call this offseason. I saw that the Rams spent a premium draft pick to draft him, and they traded up for him. As you well know, Ross, any position getting drafted in the third round in the NFL, that player is expected to become a contributor, if not a star on the team. If you draft a running back in the third round, you expect that guy to be an impact player. It's the way the position is treated. On top of that, they traded up for him. They played him one snap. And I think that was the bizarre thing because I had drafted him a bunch in best ball. We have 16 more weeks to go, but I drafted him a bunch in best ball thinking, man, if they really want to limit Gurley, they got this talented kid. But Malcolm Brown's the guy who gets the two goal line touches. And I don't really know how, from my perspective, to tell people how to treat Gurley because I actually thought he looked pretty good and he played 70% of their snaps. So it's not like that he wasn't out there and he looked explosive at times. But Malcolm Brown getting the two goal line touches, 
I'm a little concerned that this might become a thing. I don't know if they view goal line touches Ross as potentially more problematic for Gurley. It gives him more opportunity to bang knees with somebody or run into a body. I don't know about that. I don't know why they would consider that tougher than a run down the field or running a route. But this is a real problem because Ross, not only when Todd Gurley, when he was out there performing big time numbers, not only was he a receiving machine, but he was a touchdown machine. And if we can't count on him for the touchdowns, then those of us who faded him this offseason, we were right on about that. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, there, there's no question about it. It's it's kind of unbelievable. What about Robert Woods and the receivers? This is this is another one of those teams that I like. Well defined. Robert Woods, 95% of the snaps, 13 targets, two carries. Brandon Cooks, 92% of the snaps, six targets. Cooper Cup, 90% of the snaps, 10 targets. Start them all every single week. Cooks is the one, probably Ross, who's a little bit inconsistent. I think he fell victim to Jared Goff struggling on the road in Carolina. I wouldn't be shocked if Cooks has a big game here. That being said, he could draw the shadow coverage of Marshawn Lattimore, Cup and Woods are the safer options. Cook is the boomer bust guy. But all three of these guys in redraft, I'm putting them in my lineup. I think Cup is the guy I'm targeting this week for DFS. The show is called Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast because we like to eat. Joe likes to eat. I like to eat. And when I do, a lot of times it's from ButcherBox. 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef free-range organic chicken, heritage-breed pork, wild Alaskan salmon, directly to your door and mine. Look, I've had other services I've told you guys about over the years. There is no comparison. There just isn't. It is so, so tasty. They give you pure, wild, sustainably harvested salmon from Bristol Bay, Alaska, they deliver right to your door on dry ice. No commitment. You can cancel any time. New subscribers will receive ground beef for life. Who doesn't want ground beef for life? Nobody. That's right. Sign up today and ButcherBox will send you two pounds of 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef free in every box for the life of your subscription. Plus, listeners will get an additional $20 off their first box. This is a limited time offer for two pounds of 100% grass-fed beef free in every box for the life of your subscription plus $20 off your first box. Go to butcherbox.com slash feast. So delicious. Butcherbox.com slash feast. The best. Uh, You know who's not the best, Joe? It's Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, boy. The Bears play the Broncos. You know, Tariq Cohen's a receiver now. I, I, you, you, David Montgomery, you got, I'm, I'm confused on the Bears. Help me out here. Other than Allen Robinson is a god. I feel like we need to have a, a, a little bit of a, a therapy session here, Ross. Just each, each us both talking each other through this because what I saw was just hard to watch last Thursday night, and it was a bad kickoff to the NFL season. First and foremost, I thought David Montgomery looked like their best back. He played 38% of the snaps, fewer snaps than Cohen, fewer snaps than Mike Davis. Uh, He saw only seven opportunities. Davis had 12, Cohen had 10. All of Cohen's were targets. He didn't have a rush attempt. And here's the thing. 
about Trubisky. And you and I talked on yesterday's podcast about how I kind of uh, appreciate Josh Allen's mentality of, you know what? Yeah, maybe I'm going to throw a really awful pass. Maybe I made an awful decision here. Yeah, I turned the ball over four times in the first half. But I'm still going to play my game. And for somebody like Josh Allen, that resulted in a win for the Bills on uh, on Sunday against the Jets, a come-from-behind win. Watching Mitchell Trubisky on that Thursday night game, Ross, I never once thought the Bears were a threat to score points. I just, every time he dropped back the pass, I'm like, where's the hell's this one going? I, I just, I had no confidence watching him. I don't know how you felt, but it was so hard to watch, Ross. And in terms of pass catchers, I think the only guy you can really count on here is Robinson. It, it was, I, I don't know how you felt about the quarterback position, but that's that's the, the juxtaposition of Mitchell Trubisky and somebody like Josh Allen that makes me prefer the mentality and the skill set of a guy like Allen. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. What about on the other side for the Broncos? It wasn't much better for them either. I I was very disappointed. Flacco was average at best. I don't know what they're doing at running back. They they were as disappointing as any team in the NFL to me week 1. 53% of the snaps for Philip Lindsay, 47 for Royce Freeman. Ross, that's as close to a near even split as you're going to get without it being dead even. Uh Lindsay, the one thing I did like uh in this backfield Lindsay had six targets, and I thought that was an area where he really needed to improve over last year, where I think he only caught about 30 passes, and he has the skill set of somebody who can make a big impact with Joe Flacco checking the ball down. Um, the good news is, despite Flacco not playing well, Cortland Sutton, seven catches for 120 yards, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, let's just give it up to this guy. I mean, being on the field, what, uh, nine months after an Achilles tear? And then on top of that, having surgery on the other ankle as well this offseason, phenomenal. Um, both of those guys are on the wide receiver three radar. I just don't trust Flacco. So Lindsey and Royce Freeman, flex type options. Sanders and Sutton, wide receiver threes. Flacco is nowhere near worth considering, um, especially against this defense. Um, none of these guys are DFS options. Uh, but I do want to play wait and see Ross with Noah Fant, the tight end. He played 81% of the snaps. He got five targets and he had a rush attempt. So they tried to involve him in week one. He wasn't nearly as polished coming out as his Iowa teammate, TJ Hawkinson. That bore out in week one with Hawkinson having a huge game, Fant making some mistakes. But the Broncos' usage of Fant in week one suggests they want him to be a big part of this offense moving forward. It's just not a, a matchup in which I'd really want to target Players, honestly, Ross, from either side of the ball, this 40-and-a-half over-under, it's the projected lowest-scoring game of the entire week. That means we do not expect a whole lot of fantasy production in this one. No, certainly not. Uh, let's get to one where I do think there will be a decent amount of fantasy production. Sunday night, it's the Eagles at the Falcons. Eagles got off to a slow start, Joe, but then... Wentz looked like he was back to 2017. Deshaun Jackson is the ageless one at almost 33 years of age. Uh, the running back is very much a committee approach. What other takeaways did you have? Well, first and foremost, let's talk about that running back position because people are freaking out about it. And I'll fully admit, I did not expect Darren Sproles to be as involved as he was in week one. I thought this was going to be Howard and Sanders with Sproles mixed in. 
it was Sanders and Sproles with Howard mixed in. And that was really taking me by surprise. There is good news, though. Miles Sanders had 13 opportunities. That's that's rush attempts plus targets. I thought he looked way better than the numbers. He lost a 21-yard touchdown run on a specious holding call. I thought it was a bad call. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, Ross, but Sanders looked explosive. Whoa, 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 whoa. What word did you just use? Specious. Yeah, nope. That's too fancy for the show. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Ross. I'm a I'm a uh I'm making now now you actually have me confused. I'm making a um I'm I'm making sure that uh it, it I'm using it right. And yes, I am. It was superficially plausible, but actually wrong, according to the Merriam Webster dictionary. Uh it was on it was called on JJ and Ross. I need to thank you for this. It's JJ. It was Martin. a bad no, call. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, bad call. Yeah, yeah bad. they told me that before the preseason games. Arthega, that's like the uh, the official Spanish spelling. Yeah, Arth- it was called on Arthega Whiteside. And Ross, I think it was almost the official was taken by surprise because Arthega Whiteside just totally just drove his guy into the ground. And maybe you don't expect a wide receiver to do that. Uh, and so they called a holding call. It was a bad call, specious, bad, whatever you want to call it. Um, so... Miles Sanders looked better than the numbers. And critically, Mike Grow, the offensive coordinator, he said this week, Miles Sanders was impressive in pass protection. And Ross, us fantasy guys always get annoyed by pass protection because you want to see the most talented running backs out there. But coaches don't like to put running backs on the field who are not strong in pass pro. Miles Sanders was strong in pass pro in week number one. That is going to earn him snaps going forward. Ross, in my opinion, this is a buy low opportunity on Miles Sanders. And as a matter of fact, if you're playing the Sunday night DFS slate, I think you can plop him into a DFS lineup because this Falcon defense got utterly shredded by Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison against the Vikings last week. Yep, I'm with you on the running back part of it. What about, I mean, obviously Deshaun Jackson, anything else on Alshon Jeffrey or Aguilar or even the tight ends? Well, I think the usage is what concerns you now. Uh, Zach Ertz, 83% of the snaps. Dallas Goddard, 55%. Um, Nelson Aguilar actually played more snaps than Deshaun Jackson. And given how Deshaun Jackson looked in this game, that might surprise you. Uh, But the Eagles are mixing up their personnel packages a ton. Ertz used to be a guy who was virtually out there on every play. They're working in Goddard a little bit more, even in 11 personnel, Ross. So they're giving Ertz a breather. That, That is going to hurt Ertz's upside. The thing that really shocked me about Deshaun, and maybe we were just overlooking this because he was in Tampa with Jameis. Ross, I think Deshaun, not only has he not lost a step, but he's become a better receiver. Like he's he's running stop Without routes. question. Without he's question. He's running out yep. routes. He's running hit rate. He's not just running fly patterns and sail routes and posts and corners. He's running everything. I think Deshaun Jackson Ross is going to lead this team in receiving yards. He's going to have more yards than Alshon, and he's going to have more yards than Zach Ertz this year. Totally agree. And he he is he looked unstoppable the other day. I mean, he really he really did. It, it was it was impressive. What about on the other side? Atlanta Falcons very disappointing. Looked to me like what Edo Smith and Devontae yeah. Freeman split their reps. 
I mean, total, total no-show on the Falcons' part. And here's another unanswered question that we're going to obviously have from week one. Devontae Freeman, they had, they each had 50% of the snaps. The question was, is Ito Smith going to be involved moving forward? Or is Devontae Freeman somebody that they just were like, let's try to get something going because nothing is working for us? That was my question with Devontae Freeman and Ito Smith. Uh, neither guy, Ross, was somebody who looked particularly good. The bad news is the Eagles really snuffed out that Redskin run game in week one. Um, but the Eagles also just lost Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle for the season. That's a big loss for them. I would consider Devontae Freeman more of a low end running back two this week. Um, and hopefully he can make some impact as a pass catcher. What about on the uh, tight end or receiver front for the Falcons? Uh, Muhammad Sanu was involved. He actually played more snaps than Calvin Ridley and uh, Julio Jones. Um, Julio, look, you start him against the Eagles. The Eagles, like I said, should have given up two long touchdowns to Terry McLaurin. Calvin Ridley, you start him against the Eagles. They just don't have a ton of speed on the perimeter. And Austin Hooper, you play him in PPR, Ross. He is not a non-PPR guy. You play him in PPR. Yep, I would agree with that. All right, how about Monday night? I will be there on the sideline, Joe. The Browns and the Jets. How disappointing were the freaking Cleveland Browns? Baker Mayfield not looking good. Odell actually looked pretty good, but he seems more worried about his watch. Uh, Jarvis, (laughs) I mean, it it just seemed like a mess all the way around. Uh, Of of all the no-shows in week one, Ross, uh, I consider the Falcons among this. I consider the Steelers among this. This was by far the biggest one. And the Titans' defense is better than I think anybody anticipated, and it's something that we should pay attention to moving forward. But the Cleveland Browns utterly no-showed. They should be embarrassed uh, by what happened in week one. I would expect a bounce back here in week number two. And, Ross, it's interesting that you're going to be there because uh, you obviously have an opinion on this game. I am oddly really excited for this game. Browns Jets I mean looking at it you're like oh my god what a crap fest that's gonna be but the Jets and the Browns I'm actually excited to see if both of these teams can bounce back certainly more so excited about uh the Browns side offensively because that's where most of the fantasy impact players are I'm excited for this I'm sure you are too no I mean I I I think both teams are desperate I mean desperate to get this win they both have high hopes for this year. If they don't get it, it's really bad. So what do you have on the running backs and receivers and tight ends with Njoku for the Browns? All right, well, uh, look, the guy I'm not worried about at all is, is Nick Chubb. 21 opportunities. He played 70% of the snaps. Uh, his backup, actually, Dontrell Hilliard, ended up, of course, vulturing him at the goal line. Nick Chubb's line would look a whole lot better if he didn't get vultured at the goal line uh, by Dontrell Hilliard. But... Dontrell Hilliard's got a concussion, so we don't even know if he's going to play this week. They have DeErnest Johnson. Ross, I know you're a big fan of DeErnest Johnson uh, behind Nick Chubb, but I expect Chubb to rebound this week. This is a team that got shredded by Devin Singletary, Jet defense. Uh, I believe Quinnen Williams also got banged up in week number one as well, which would be a big loss uh, for the Jets defense. Uh, he had a, he had, I think he was in a boot heading out of that game. At wide receiver, good news here. Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham each played 100% of the snaps for the Browns. You do not see that often. So I expect both guys to be involved going forward. David Njoku, I'm still a little shaky on. However, 90% of the snaps, he got the touchdown. 
and Demetrius Harris, the backup, suffered a shoulder injury. So David Njoku is on the low-end tight end one radar. But I expect this to be a big game for Odell Beckham. They are going to try to exploit the Jets on the perimeter. They stink at corner, and John Brown just absolutely roasted them last week. This is a potential huge game for Odell Beckham. I would be targeting him as a high-end wide receiver one in DFS. What about in the Jets to wrap things up for the feast this week? What what do you have on the Jets? Got out to a 16-0 lead and then kind of was all downhill from there. 100% of the snaps for Le'Veon Bell. That's all you need to know. Uh, he's in your lineup each and every week uh, until further notice. Derrick Henry shredded the Browns last week. So uh, Le'Veon Bell, awesome DFS option. Unfortunately for Robbie Anderson, not only did he have the calf injury in week number one, Ross, but he had to deal with Tredavious White on the perimeter. This week, maybe he's a week healthier, but he's got to deal with Denzel Ward on the perimeter. That's a problem. So once again, Jamison Crowder, who led all of the NFL with 17 targets in week number one, I'm projecting another big game for him here on Monday Night Football. Anything else we need to mention about the Jets? Well, I I really need to see Sam Darnold improve and throw the ball down the field more raw. Sam Darnold was not very good in week number one. Again, could be an effect of that Bill defense that I think is really good. But Ross, he threw for just 175 yards on 41 pass attempts, 4.27 yards per attempt. That's less than most running backs average on yards per carry. That's not going to get it done moving forward. No, it definitely is not. Joe, that was awesome. That'll do it for week two of the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Remember, you can always take the knowledge that Joe drops and head on over to betonline.ag where you already get a 50% welcome bonus when you just use my promo code PODCAST1. But also, I'm in this pigskin pick'em with the other Podcast One hosts. And if I... When I get $500 to put in your account, I think I can do whatever I want. Maybe they say I have to do $100 for five different people. At any rate, make sure you have an account because you have to have one before I can actually put the money in your account. Podcast one is the code over at betonline.ag. It is a Wednesday, which means it's Andrew Brandt Day on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, dropping NFL contract and business knowledge bombs. And speaking of betonline.ag, how about a little even money with me and Steve Fezzik? We both got off to an awesome And I mean awesome start. I could have been off to an unbelievable start. The Seahawks screwed me, but still got off to very, very good starts in week one. Make sure you're listening to the Even Money Podcast. Other than that, I am totally stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.